Well, welcome to Pentecost Sunday. Feels like the upper room in here. Hallelujah. 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 If you would turn to John chapter 3 this morning, we're going to break open the Word of God. And God's going to pour out His Spirit in a mighty way. Hallelujah. John chapter 3, and we'll start in verse 3. Verse number three, the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto him, talking to Nicodemus, he said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, except you be born again. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Logical question there. Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born, not physically, but if you be born of the water and of the Spirit. Except you be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. We've been born before in our flesh. But he said, that which is born of Spirit is Spirit. There is a spiritual birth that God has for us. And he goes on to say, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. We must be born again. I want to speak to you for the next few moments on this subject. You don't have to leave the same. You don't have to leave this place the same as when you came in. God wants to do something great in your life. Why don't you lift up your hands in expectation and let's ask God to move upon us today. Mighty God, we come before you. God, you are the one that can change us. God, you're the one that can shape us and mold us into something beautiful. We cry out to you today, God, and say, speak to our hearts and our minds. God, let your spirit fall, oh God. God, and let it change every heart. Let it change every life. And let not one person, God, leave here the same. God, but let your spirit move to every life. God, and change every person. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody say amen. amen. Now, why don't you tell your neighbor you don't have to leave the same. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Today we celebrate Pentecost. And it's the feast of Pentecost is what the Jews celebrate. It's like a holiday for us is what we would think of it as. And they celebrate Pentecost. Pentecost was... The time when they stop and look back and remember when God gave them the covenant on Mount Sinai. When Moses was on Mount Sinai and God gave him the Ten Commandments. 
And God gave him the tabernacle plan. And God gave him all of the law. That's what they celebrate on the day of Pentecost. That's what the Pentecost started as. And this was Pentecost meaning 50. This is to be 50 days after another holiday that they have. That's Passover. And we, we hear about Passover. And, and uh, Passover was whenever the children of Israel were still bound in Egypt. And God had sent Moses to deliver them. And they were in the middle of, of the, the plagues, the ten plagues that God had sent. And at the very last one was where they celebrate Passover. Because this is where they would take the blood of a lamb and apply it to the doorposts of their homes. And the death angel, which was the last plague, when the death angel came through, the death angel would pass over the homes that had the blood applied. It would skip the homes that had the blood applied. And they, they celebrate this as the, as the feast of Passover. And then 50 days after, they, that, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Pharaoh said, you know what? I'm going to let you guys go just as long as the plague stop. And Pharaoh let them go out of Egypt. And they made their way. We know they go through the Red Sea and everything. But 50 days after that Passover was when God met with Moses on the top of Mount Sinai. And gave him the law, the Ten Commandments, the everything that, that they knew, everything that you read of in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's what God had given to Moses on the top of Mount Sinai. And so every year the Jews would celebrate Pentecost. They would celebrate this feast 50 days after the Passover. They would all gather together as God commanded them. They were to go back to Jerusalem and celebrate God giving them the law. And this is what we see. But this was not the final covenant or law or word that God would give to his people. This was just the first one that God had. And Jeremiah, he prophesied that in Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse number 31. He said this, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Jeremiah said, there's something greater that's coming. And he said in verse 32, it's not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. In the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. It's not going to be like the old covenant. That covenant that I gave them on that first day of Pentecost. Which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. And then he prophesies what the new covenant would be. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in the inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. He said, if you can leave that up for just a moment, he said, I'm going to do something new. It's not going to be like the old covenant, which is where the people were somewhat distant from God. They could see God but they necessarily couldn't feel God everything was 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 external with the law but he said there's going to be a new covenant or a new law a new testament that I will give to them he said I will put my law inside of them I will change their heart with this new covenant I will write it in their hearts and this will be a a covenant of relationship he said I will be their God and they shall be my people. This is what the prophecy was. And so from the time that Jeremiah prophesied that, they were waiting for the new covenant. 
They didn't know how it would come. They didn't know what it would be. They just knew it would be something different, something uh, better, something that, that was more, uh, you know, internal than external, something that would change them from the inside out. And this is exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost when we read in Acts chapter 2. This is what we find in Acts chapter 2. This was 50 days after Jesus died on Calvary. Jesus had just went to the cross and he had died on the cross, Calvary. And Jesus did this at Passover. He was that lamb, just like they had that lamb before. And then we find 50 days later, they're in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 in verse 1. Jesus told them to go and wait for the promise that I have been promising you. And this new covenant was on its way. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now Pentecost was about to be completed. It says they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This was the new covenant that came to his people. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They had become the house of God. There wasn't a physical house of God anymore, but now people, our hearts were now the house of God. And now God would dwell in his people and God would change us from the inside out. What happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when God poured out His Spirit, this was a momentous, this was a pivotal moment in history. Just as when Moses went to Mount Sinai and got that Old Testament, that Old Covenant, this was whenever God delivered His New Testament and His New Covenant, the new plan that God had for each and every one of us. This was the foundation of what God has for us. And, and it is what Peter talked about in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. He brings out exactly what the covenant is. And the Bible says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you for the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what Peter said. That's what Peter declared. That was the new covenant that God had given unto them. And we talk about this a lot. You know, if, you, if you've been coming to church here uh, for any period of time, you'll hear us talk about Acts chapter 2 a lot. We'll talk about baptism in Jesus' name a lot. We'll talk about receiving the Holy Ghost a lot. Why? Because it is the foundation of the church. It is the covenant that God has for us. It is the plan for your life. It's what God has given to us. Peter described it perfectly when he said, this is the gift that God has for you. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. And people all across the hundreds of years, they were waiting for this promise and waiting for this promise. And finally, on the day of Pentecost, God poured out. His spirit. People's lives were changed. He did just what Jeremiah said. He, he, he changed them from the inside. He put his law 
in their hearts and his spirit was now inside of humanity and and this is what God's plan is for the church this is what God's plan is for you and I today but one thing I love about Acts chapter 2 in verse 38 and pretty much all of Acts is I love that the Bible says Peter said unto them repent and be baptized See, I, I always, when I read the Bible, I always try to think of, okay, who's saying it? I always try to, you know, I obviously look at what, what's, what is being said, but try to think of who's saying it, who's hearing it. You know, it always brings it more to life when you read the Bible that way. And what I love about Peter delivering the message on the day of Pentecost was that Peter was a, when God first found him, he was a rough individual. He was a rough fisherman. You know that, I mean, if you would ask his friends, you know, hey, did you know that Peter, in just a few years from now, did you know that he's going to be delivering the first message of the church? They would have laughed in your face. They said, Peter's emotional. He's rash. He's, you know, Peter, ha- no, 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 not, not, not this Peter. Peter, this is something that I think is so interesting. If you go to Matthew chapter 16, if you could throw those verses up there in verse 15. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter, he steps up. Peter's always the first one to talk. He's the first one. He just, you know, a lot of times he talked without thinking. Anybody know somebody like that or you ever do that sometimes? You get into a lot of trouble that way sometimes. But Peter, he answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus, he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. He said, Yes, that's who I am. But this next verse is so powerful. He said, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Leave that verse up there for a while. I think it's interesting here because Jesus calls him Peter. Now we know him as Peter, but Jesus is the one who actually named him Peter. Before that, he was just Simon Barjona. But Jesus looked at Peter, even in all of his mess. You got to understand in Matthew chapter 16, Peter was still a mess. Peter was still, he was still going to cut a guy's ear off. You know, he was still going to deny that he ever knew Jesus three times. I mean, Peter, five verses later in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus calls him Satan. He says, get behind me, Satan, because of something that Peter said. Peter was just like some of us. <laughs> Can we get a win? <laughs> but what I love about Jesus, and this is what we have to understand about our God. Is that our God looks at us not for who we are, but for who we can be. It's the great thing about our God. He said, I say unto you that thou art Peter. You know what Peter means? It means you're a rock. You're something solid. You know, you're not a flighty fisherman. He said, I say unto you that thou art Peter. I just imagine some of the disciples being like, You know, Jesus, I think you missed it on that one. 
you know, maybe, maybe you were supposed to call John Peter. You know, I don't, I don't think you meant to call Simon Peter. I don't think, I think you may have missed the mark on that one. Because we can only see what's right here and now. But what God sees is God can look at not who you are and God can look past all your mistakes. God can look past all of your failures and God can see you for who you are whenever he puts his spirit inside of you. And that is something that is solid. That's something that is a rock. That's something that's being used of God. But even at that point, God was speaking in faith. And he said, I say unto you that thou art Peter. And God, he has this mentality where God will, will I think we've, we've got to understand this crucial thing about God. So many times we buy into the voices in our head or we buy into the lies of the enemy or into what somebody else has told us that we're always going to be this way. We're always going to have to deal with this situation. We're always going to live in fear. We're always going to live in doubt. Or we're always going to live with this addiction. But, but God has the power to overcome that. And if you could just understand that you don't have to leave here the same way that you came in. God can change your life. He can take you in a moment's time. And He can turn everything around. Yes, He can. He can look at the little shepherd boy and he can say, that's going to be the next king. See that little boy, David over there, he's my king. I'm sure Samuel was like, really? This guy is going to be the next king? But he's like, no, no, no. Samuel said, don't anybody sit down till the king comes. I'm going to anoint the king. And he was just a young boy. But God saw David for what he could be. The same thing with Moses. Moses, he was a murderer. He was on the run. He was in hiding. And God called him out and said, you know what? You're going to be a deliverer now. I want you to go back to Egypt and you're going to deliver my people. And in fact, I'm going to give you the law and I'm going to do great things through you. You know, he looked at Saul who was killing Christians in the New Testament. He was the one who held the coats while they stoned young preachers. Saul, he looked at him. And he said, that is my next apostle. He looked at Saul, somebody who was killing Christians. Somebody who was against everything that the Christians stood for in that day. And God knocked him off his high horse. And he said, guess what? You're not going to be Saul anymore. You're going to be Paul. And I'm going to make you a great apostle in the kingdom of God. And in fact, he's the one, Paul, he wrote half of the New Testament that's in our Bible. Somebody who killed Christians before Jesus found him. Before he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And God changed his heart. God changed him from the inside out. You wouldn't have recognized Paul a few years later. You wouldn't have recognized him before he was denouncing Christianity. After that, he was declaring it from every mountaintop, in every region, to every person on the planet. He was going everywhere that he could, reaching everybody that he could. Why? Because Jesus Christ can change you from the inside out. That's what his spirit does. His spirit comes inside of us and it changes us. And it takes us from Simon to Peter. It takes us from chaos in our life to stability. It, it takes us from, from no self-control 
to somebody that is controlled by God. It takes us from somebody that's unrecognizable. And let me tell you, you're sitting by some of those people today. You're sitting by some people. We look all nice in our suits and our ties. And, but if you knew where God had brought us from. Some of you guys were bound and addicted. Come on, can I get a witness? Some of you guys, you, you, God brought you from such a mess. Your homes were a mess. Your life was a mess. Your mind was a mess. Your marriage was a mess. Everything about you was a mess. But one day, God put his spirit in you and everything turned upside down. God came in and he changed your heart and he changed your mind and he changed your life. That's why we saw people down here dancing across the front. It's because God changed them and brought them from somewhere. And they know what it's like to have that living water. That's why we get a little bit excited. Because when we think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. And he can do it for you today. I'm talking to some people. You feel like that you're always going to be a Simon. Your life's always going to be a mess. That things are always going to be this way. I'm come to tell you, you don't have to leave here the same way that you came. God can take your mess and turn it into something beautiful. God can take anything and make something beautiful out of it when he breathes into it. Uh, you know, in Genesis, the Bible says that God reached into the dust and he formed man from the dust of the ground. The Bible says we're just dirt. But then God breathed into us the breath of life. And man became a living soul. He becomes something beautiful. Even in our mess, even in the dirt, when God reaches down and breathes into us, uh, when God's spirit breathes into us, uh, he can change us uh, from something that's a mess to something that's beautiful. This is what God does through the Holy Ghost. This is what God wanted for his people. He wanted something that would change their hearts. Something that would change them on the inside. Jesus said that new birth. It's when your spirit on the inside is born again. When you have a new spirit and a new life and a new heart. That God gives you through the Holy Ghost. God changes everything. That's why the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty and there is freedom. If you have that picture of the Dominican Republic, the Porta Plata picture, this, is, uh, this was a trip that they took in 2009, I believe. Many of the guys here in the audience were there. And uh, they went and they built this church. You can see them standing in front of this church. The, some of our men and some people from Ohio as well were there. And we gathered together and we built a church in Porta Plata in the Dominican Republic. You got to understand something. I was there in 2007, and we went right to where that church was. Now, 
we accidentally went to where that church was. <laughs> we were there and we took a wrong turn and we ended up in the bad side of town. We ended up where people, you know, there's prostitution everywhere. They had their gun, they had guns hanging out of their, 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 their belts and everybody sitting on the front porch and we knew we just walked into the wrong area. Especially a, a group of Americans, you know, that are there. And in 2007, we were in this same area. And we had no idea that two years later, we were going to be called back to build a church in that area. This was a rough area. In fact, so while, while we were having church, the bus was broken into and some of our guys' things were stolen. I mean, this was an area of drugs and prostitution and everything that you could imagine. But the... But, the missionary told us that just a few years after we got done in Porta Plata, just a few years after this picture was taken, that the drugs had been run out of the area. That so many people were getting saved. They were having the drug dealers get saved and the prostitutes get saved. And, and you wouldn't even recognize that area if you went back to it. Why? Because when the Spirit of God shows up, it changes everything. There may be chaos in your life. When God's Spirit shows up, it changes everything. This is what happens when God shows up. You don't have to leave here the same. If you go back to that scripture, 16 verse 18, he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. This is the rock that God's going to build his church on. It's not Peter. Peter is not the rock or the foundation of the church. But it's that God can take people like Peter and he can use them in his kingdom. See, this is one of the most powerful things to me about the book of Acts chapter 2. Is that Peter was the one that stood up and gave the message on the day of Pentecost. Peter was the one that stood there and said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy It was Peter. Who would have dreamed that Peter would have been standing there with all of his mistakes and all of his faults? But once he was filled with the Holy Ghost, Peter was a man of God. Peter, Peter was empowered by God. You never hear another wrong thing about Peter. Peter was healing people. Peter was preaching the message. You, you just see Peter as a pillar in the church. But I think what's the most amazing thing is that Peter was the testimony. Peter was saying, look, if you do what I'm saying, you can, you can be just like me. If you repent of your sins like I have, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name like me, if you receive the Holy Ghost just like me, Peter, you can go from Simon to Peter. You can go from chaos to peace. You can, you can be this. And he said, you, this is the rock that I'm going to build my church on. It's understanding that you and I have the opportunity, no matter our past, no matter our current situation, no matter what we're facing, we have the opportunity to be a part of the kingdom of God. And guess what? The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There is nothing on this planet that can stop you if you want to change in your life from being changed today. 
There is nothing. There's no devil in hell. There is nothing on this planet. There's no force of hell that can stop you from being changed today if you desire to be changed. Let me tell you, the only thing that can stop you from being changed is yourself. If you buy into the lie that you always have to be the same. God wants you to understand you don't have to leave here the same way that you came. God can find you and turn everything around in just one moment. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5 says that the, the Spirit of God when it gets inside of us that it produces things in our life, the fruit of the Spirit. This is what the Holy Ghost will do to your life. It will produce in you these nine things, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. That is what God wants to do in your life. When he gives you his spirit. See, some of you have come in here with fear today. You've come in here bound by fear. And God, through his spirit, can produce faith in your life. Some of you have come in here with chaos in your life. And everything's upside down. And God's spirit wants to speak peace in your life. You've come in here with hatred in your heart. And you're mad at the world. And you're mad at everybody. But the Spirit of God can produce love in your life. Uh, You come in here with all your mistakes. uh, Guess what? The answer to your situation is the Spirit of God. Uh, He can turn it all around. Uh, When His Spirit gets inside of you, it can produce what you need. And it will produce the change that you need. It can take somebody who has no temperance or self-control to somebody that has control you think of the the demonic man that ran to Jesus nobody could bind him they said chains couldn't hold him nothing could nothing could stop this man from from being crazy this demoniac he came and the Bible says Jesus stepped on the shore of Gadaree And this man came running and fell down to him. And by the time Jesus was done with him, the Bible says he left clothed and in his right mind. God can take somebody full of demons and they can leave with one encounter with God clothed and in their right mind. This is what God does. When his spirit comes in contact with us. And all across this place, you don't know it, but there's people all across this building that God has done the same thing in their life. You don't know who they used to be. But one day they came to an altar and God filled them with the Holy Ghost. One day they went into the waters of baptism and God completely delivered them. One day God completely changed their life. And that's why we gather together today. Because there's a God that's changed our life. I want to show you a picture. This guy, teenager, in his class, right, in his high school, was voted most likely to party. Not most likely to succeed, you know, not 
most likely to, you know, uh, be an astronaut or whatever. His tag from high school was most likely to party. Went to a high school of uh, about 3,000 people. 750 people were in his graduating class. And he was voted, out of all of them, most likely to party. Did you know that's Brother Richie? <laughs> He's dressed up as one of the band members from KISS. And if you know him today, he is the least likely to party. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a change that God will do in your life. Come on. He was bound by alcohol. He went to bed every night saying, I have no peace. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. But in one service, I'm telling you, one service, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He was no longer an alcoholic. He had peace every night. Come on, there's something that happens when God fills you with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God wants to fill you with His Spirit. And you don't have to leave here the same. Would you stand to your feet? God can take you and make something beautiful out of you. You've never seen anything beautiful in your life, maybe. You know your faults and your failures, and so does God. But God says, I see you not as Simon, but as Peter. If you just allow me access to your life, God's Spirit can come in and produce something you've never had before. God will give you supernatural love, supernatural joy. You thought you would always be depressed, but his joy can come into you today. You thought you would always be addicted, but his spirit has freedom. You thought you would always be bound, but Jesus Christ wants to give you another way. If you go back to the scriptures, John chapter 3 and verse 5, some of the scriptures we read, Jesus talks about being born again. He said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit. Here's what it takes to be completely changed by God. You got to be born of the water. That's baptism. That's why Peter said, be baptized every one of you. Jesus said, except a man be born of the water, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized today. We've got robes that you can change into. We've got heated water. We, everything is set for you. But here's what happens when you're baptized. And this is what I tell people when they're baptized. The Bible says it's like a burial. You're taking Simon and you're burying him. And Peter is coming out of the water. You're taking your old man... And you're putting on the new man. It says we are buried with him by baptism. That's why when we come up out of those waters, 
we come up a new person. The Bible also says, be born of the Spirit. That's receiving the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit into your life. God wants to put His, you, you may have felt His Spirit before. I'm sure even during this service, you have felt His Spirit. But just feeling His Spirit externally is not enough. God wants to put His Spirit in you. And when He puts it in you, in the inward parts, that's when you become a part of that new covenant Jeremiah talked about. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You can leave here changed today. I told the early service, I told him, I said, you know, unfortunately, we won't physically be changed today. You know, maybe we want to come and, you know, say, God, take a few pounds off. That's not what God's going to do today. Because we've already had our physical birth, our, the birth of our flesh. But what God does want to do today is God wants to come into your life, into your spirit, into your heart. And he wants to take, the Bible says, the weight of sin off of your life. Take the pounds that sin has just buried you under and take it off of your life. And God wants you to be born again so you can enter into his kingdom. That's what God has for you today. And I want to ask everybody to come today. If you want to change in your life, Maybe you have the Holy Ghost, maybe you don't have the Holy Ghost. But you say, you know what, God, there's something that I need changed in my life today. Come on, you don't have to leave here the same, but I wonder if you would come. And God's going to pour out His Spirit. And God's going to do a great work in this place. Come on, from all over the building, if you want God to do something great in your life. If you want God to change something in your life today. If you've never been baptized... You need to be baptized today. But I'm going to pray in just a moment. We're going to pray that God's spirit. Come on, there's more coming. That's beautiful. We're going to pray that God's spirit will be poured out. If you have the Holy Ghost, God's going to refill you today. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, God's going to give it to you for the first time. And there's going to be such a change in your life. There's going to be such a peace in your life. Unlike you've ever known before. If you just give it to Him today. And we're going to pray in just a minute. I know people are still coming. If you have never received the Holy Ghost before, speaking in other tongues, would you raise your hand? We're not trying to embarrass you. But we just want to pray with you. If you've never received the Holy Ghost before. Would you raise your hand? God's going to fill you today. If you see a hand raised, why don't you go to somebody? Because you can help them. But here's what I believe. God wants to outpour His Spirit. And things you've been dealing with, let His Spirit take care of those things today. Let His Spirit liberate you today. That's what God wants to do in your life today. I wonder if we can lift up our hands right now. We're going to repent together. This was the first step. I want you to repent. Ask God to forgive you of every sin. God, we come before you. 
God, we know that we're a mess without you. God, forgive me for every sin that I have committed. God, every sin that I have said, every sin that I have thought, God, every sin that I have ever done, God, forgive me for every mistake. God, I give you all my mistakes today. I give them all to you, Jesus. And I trust in you, Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, forgive me. Come on, that's it. Give it to him. Lay it down at his feet today. Come on, he already knows about it. Amen. Now God wants to pour out His Spirit. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. And when I do, I want you to shout the name of Jesus. And begin to worship Jesus. And God's going to pour out His Spirit. And guess what? You will leave here changed today. Are you ready for God to change your life? Are you ready for His Spirit to deposit something in you today? Come on, get ready. Chains are about to be broken. By the authority of the Word of God. And by the power of the name of Jesus. And by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We pray that the Spirit of God would be poured out in every heart and in every life. In the name of Jesus. Would you shout Jesus? Hallelujah. Come on, let's see it. Worship Him. Come on, chains are being broken. We bind fear in the name of Jesus. We bind depression in the name of Jesus. We bind pride in the name of Jesus. Every sickness has to flee. In the name of Jesus, every addiction is broken. Yeah,